Hello everybody, what's up? You're listening to I Was Just Wondering with me, Tom Salmon. The show that dives into music, film and games and everything else in between. My guest on this week's episode is Causlin, an independent singer, songwriter and producer from China, studying at Goldsmiths, University of London. She released her first DIY album, Strolling Along the Beach, in 2017, and last year collaborated with the ambient musician Brian, releasing the EP Summer Ring. We jumped into Causland's experience of teaching herself music production from YouTube, how she collaborated with her friends to shoot the music video for her latest single, Christmas Without You, and what's it like being a DIY Chinese musician in London in 2020. So if you're running, stuck in a traffic jam, or sitting behind a desk at work. Hope you enjoy my interview with Causlin. Um, so you've just released your latest video and single, Christmas Without You, a melancholic uh, pop song about a long distance relationship. What inspired you to write this song and how did you come up with a concept for the video? Um, well, actually, at the beginning, I was going to write a song for my ex-boyfriend, but um, we broke up. So... Um, I just want to make this song more like a holiday song instead of a song about love. So um, I decided to shoot music videos with my friends in London um, during the Christmas so that we could make this a Christmas song. And uh, um, I we kept some um, we kept some stories about me and my boyfriends to make the music videos more fun. So what was it actually like? I mean, how long was the um, video shoot and what was it like shooting in London? To be honest, it took us about two weeks. Um, the first week we shoot it indoor. Um, we're using the green screens to shoot some Scenes and the next week we shoot it on the London street. What's sort of interesting to me is like the performative aspect of the music video, um, because I know that there's some uh, musicians that find making music videos quite a chore because it's just not their sort of like personality to be able to sort of project themselves in that way. I mean, how do you as a performer find making videos? And is that something that comes naturally to you? Well, to be honest, I'm not really into making music videos. Um, I think it might be of fun, but um, sometimes I feel awkward in front of the camera. But one of my friends named Chen Yue told me that um, I should perform and I should show my characteristics in front of the camera so that my audience might know me better. So I think maybe I could try. And is there a sort of like um, persona sort of aspect to to you as a performer um, or is it just like completely you? Um, I think it's more like completely me. So how did you meet? And I hope I get the names right. So is it is it? Gicho and Chen Yu, the co-directors of Christmas Without You, I've, I've pronounced that, I've probably murdered their names. Yeah, yeah, you pronounced right. Oh, okay, great. You know, was this the first time that you collaborated with them on a music video project? I had made another music video called Sweet Adventure with Jiko um, about three, four months ago, yeah. Mm. And the fir- first time collaborate with Chen Yu was that um, music video 
Christmas without you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what about um, was it Chen Yu? Because I, was it high school with her, or was that the one that you're studying with now? And it was uh, was it Gitche that you met at high school? Uh, oh, um, I met Gitche with uh, in the high school, but we were not classmates. We met on the internet mm. because we both like um, some independent literature and uh, music at that time. And uh, I met Chen Yue at the institution I'm studying now in Godsmiths. So you met via the internet. I mean, what was that sort of process of actually meeting in real life? When me and Jito in high school, um, we had an internet society to... um, The society gathered us. We shared our... um, we shared the novels we read and the music we listened to on that society. And after high school, um, me and Jicho go to the same university. It was really um, incredible because we we didn't know we were going to the same university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we became good friends in the university. And uh, after that, we went to Godsmith together. Right. Yeah, and uh, in Godsmith, we start our collaboration. I have, I'll confess, I have very, very little um, knowledge of what it's like to progress through being like an artist in, say, like China, um, yeah. and what the general sort of like art and music scene's like, and also just going to university and studying a more creative pathway. Well, I studied literature in my university and uh, um, I studied that just because I want to, I, I was really into literature. Yeah. And my parents say um, they would like to respect what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think although I didn't study music during my university, but um, literature did help me a lot because um, I think both music and literature could help help us to become more sensitive about our feelings and emotions. That that is helpful for writing songs, I guess. And what was sort of interesting is that what kind of books were you reading? What kind of like literature were you studying? And in terms of again, like this is me being completely like clueless in terms of like Chinese literature and was there like a lot of sort of Western influence in there as well? Were you studying, I guess, like, again, like going towards some more sort of uh, more well-known, did they, were they teaching you sort of like Shakespeare, um, you know, other sort of oh. great literary works like that? Um, well, uh, I was studying Chinese li- language and literature, but um, our module would also con- conclude uh, include some Western literatures such as Shakespeare, you mentioned, but we also study some, um, let me think, we also study about the William Faulkner and uh, Hemingway and uh, yeah, some other famous literatures in Western countries. So was it quite a progressive um, university that you went to in terms of like, it's of the uh, the sort of like material that's sort of like covered? Well, I think it's more classical. Um, they 
we have a lot of readings to read and uh, some research to do, but um, that was not an experimental school. What were the other sort of students like um, with you on that course? And what was the sort of general vibe of, of the university? I mean, was it an experience that you enjoyed? Well, to be honest, I think uh, my classmate or my schoolmate in my university were not really interesting because they might to focus on their studies. And uh, I think they might be good at doing researches, researches or something like that, but not really good at creating arts, I think. And I just wonder for my own sort of personal curiosity, because I know having been to university in this country, there's definitely mm. quite a big sort of drinking culture in terms of mm. like partying when you go to university, because I think it, for a lot of people in the UK, it's the first time they've lived away from their parents. So they have a sense of independence and they just go a bit wild. And I just mm. wondered if it was a sort of similar thing um, if you study in China, if that was a sort of thing there. Well, most of Chinese people, um, when they go to university, the university are usually far from their hometown, but um, I don't think they usually when go to parties mm. during the university time. Yeah, they are just too focused on their study and uh, find some internships to prepare for the future. I just wanted to sort of like jump into that you are a singer-songwriter and you produce your own music as well. I mean, how yeah. did you learn to sing and write music and how did you get into music production? Um, firstly, I learned play the guitar around 15 years old. Um, and uh, after that, I also learned some basic composition techniques. Um, but when I went into high, uh, high school, I just feel stressful. So I quit um, writing and learning music for around two or three years. And after that, um, when I went into university, I feel I have more free time. So I just pick it up and uh, learn more um, producing from a teacher my mom found for me and also from the YouTube. What was the first piece of soft, uh, software that you learned to uh, program and, and compose on? Oh, okay, the first software I used was GarageBand because um, it is r really convenient and uh, um, it, it, it is in every iPad and uh, MacBook. Yeah, but after that, I found that software is not professional enough. So now I'm using Logic Pro to produce songs. And how did you find that? Because typically, mm. and like sort of generally speaking, in terms of like music production, it's very, very male dominated. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, I just wondered in terms of because I know Grimes, um, she produces all her own music, and it's a you know it's a definitely a badge of honor. It's definitely part of her identity, and she considers herself, like yourself, to be a producer. Mm. Uh, more than a sort of singer songwriter, and the fact that she sort of sings and writes the lyrics is because. She just needs somebody to produce, so she's essentially producing herself. Um, and mm. I wondered if that was a sort of similar case for you. 
Well, actually, it was not that similar because um, when I first come came to the teacher, my mom found for me to. Um, he was going to teach me playing the guitar further and uh, so and teach me some more um, composition techniques. But um, after that, he told me that I should produce for myself. Mm. So I also learned some producing things from him. And uh, at that time, I were not really into producing because there are so many complicated things for me. I think it's more like um, scientist things. I don't know because um, you have to know the songs. You have to use some mathematics to um, to make things sounds right. And uh, there are many rules in. Um, mixing and mastering but he told me that um i am more talented in produce than just be a than just being an um let's say singer or songwriter um from the youtube videos that i've sort of seen on music production it is it seems very very complicated and it is all about creating audio layers and balancing them in the sort of frequencies and eqing and you're building was it sort of a tapestry of all these different elements that then have to sort of cohesively sort of fit together i mean is there a particular part of music production you like the most well to be honest i like the eq part most because um the basic thing we do is just to cut the lowest frequency and the highest frequency and uh, find the most beautiful frequency for a certain instrument and highlight that frequency. Yeah, I think um, it could show different people's taste because um, people's feelings are different and uh, the frequency you want to highlight are different. Yeah, so it's the part I like most. I know with um, music production software and mm -hmm. um, virtual instruments and stuff, they come with their own sort of like presets. They come with sort of built-in sort of sounds. I mean, how are you with um, actually creating your own, like doing your own programming, say, in the synth to create sort of sounds um, that are unique to you? That, uh, that I guess that essentially, as you say, they're going to speak to you and your personality. I do not create a particular sound for myself but I might use some um, samples and ch change their frequency or change their tones to let them become more unique yeah is something you do a lot in your music and where do you sample from well sometimes I record sample um, for myself for example um, I will record some song uh, some sounds like using a pen to heat the glasses or um, waving some waters or sounds like that. Yeah, I think many sounds could be samples, but also I sometimes use samples from the internet. Yeah, yeah but I seldom use that because it would relate to some issues about copyright. Mm. 
when you started producing music at the very beginning with that teacher to like now, how would you say that your sound has uh, progressed? Because I know you make indie pop and there's this lovely um, saxophone line in Christmas without you. Were you always experimenting on that sort of like jazzy sort of like saxophone sound at the very beginning? Or is that something you've more incorporated into your most recent music? Oh, well, I learned some techniques from the teacher and only YouTube to and practice again and again to see what works most. Well, to be honest, um, there are not one particular YouTube channels I'm watching because I don't want to be influenced by one certain people. Yeah, so it every time when I want to learn something, I just um, type the topic, for example, um, how to write great chorus right. and, or yeah or things like that and i will um check three or five youtubers who making subjects about this and uh, see which i like best and use their techniques i'm just sort of fascinated that um in terms of you watching that video to then you being able to do that to a level that you're sort of satisfied within your own music i mean typically oh. how long does that take well, there might be some certain steps to followed by the video, but it's more about practice and try and try again and again because um, something might sound great, but not that fit your certain songs. Yeah. So um, I have sometimes I would change some part of their suggestions and uh, to see what is the best. Have you ever gone and looked at something really sort of like left field in terms of music production that you've never really sort of considered before just to sort of like try it out? Like, I don't know, like doing like a real like hardcore sort of techno um, 4-4 um, to your music, so. Well, I would use some um, jazzy and fusion elements more than rock and techno because I am not really into rock and techno styles yeah yeah but besides that um i remember about three or four years ago i also used some masterwork techniques because i i was really interested in the beats yeah because in masterwork they change the beats all the time and i just think it's funny so i tried once was there any particular producer that you sort of gravitated towards when you were crafting your own productions? Well, to be honest, no, because, um, yeah, I might love some specific songs and uh, try to produce the so my song to sound like that song, but um, I do not have a certain producer to follow. And I just wanted to jump in a little bit into your singing because I know mm. from the we sort of talked about. I mean, how has that been uh, finding and developing your voice? Well, uh, when I was around seventy or eighteen, I I can't remember. Um, I found a vocal teacher to teach me singing, but I just could not um, follow her up. Everything seems really difficult and uncomfortable for me to um, master my brace or to sing to um, to sing in a certain pitch 
in her way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, so I just quit that class and uh, learn thing by myself on some vid- uh, YouTube channels. Yeah, but I don't think I'm seeing as the way, as the so-called right way because mm-hmm. um, uh, I just think as what I like and uh, to make my voice more emotional, I yeah. think. And in terms of like your your singing um, mm. and how you choose to sort of uh, express yourself through that, the differences between singing, say, in Chinese, um, forgive yeah. me if it, or Mandarin, sorry, forgive me, um, <laughs> um, and English. And yeah. what what's the difference between those in a way because i wonder in terms of even just like constructing say like the lyrics uh, of the songs and in terms of the difference between sort of english and and mandarin and just how you compose a sort of sentence i mean what's that like and how do you feel you know how do you feel expressing yourself in those two different languages well i think if we are just talking about the ways to sing i think um there's the ways Chinese people used to sing and the ways Western people used to sing are similar, yeah. But if you are talking about the different languages in songwriting and uh, expressing myself, I think um, English is more difficult for me to express and sometimes I feel I could just um, using English like a children to write some lyrics. Yeah. Mm. But also I would find ways to solve this problem. I um, watch more, uh, let's say I watch more movies with English subtitles or I will listen to more English songs to make my expression more local and uh, to know more vocabularies to support what I want to express. And then also, I mean, there's sort of like a translational um, aspect. Mm. I was watching the Sweet Adventure video and I'll just sort of paraphrase Mm. some of the, well, not paraphrase, I'll read out some of the lyrics that that there. So mm. The day is gone. People are becoming misty. He promises yeah. to take me to the grassland, bright and wide. Rush out of the city. Don't care whose hand you're holding. It's still not the end of the universe. So, in terms of that, in that in English that I've just read out, and that in Chinese, is there much of a marketable difference between when you're translating that from one language to the other? Um, and, and is the me- meaning of that changed at all in the process? Well, this song is wrote in Chinese, and uh, when I chen- translated it mm. into English, um, I keep the original meaning of. At least I think I try my best to keep the original meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think I twist the meaning. Just diving into a little bit about that sort of like song, um, mm. and it's based on your own um, personal experience. Could you just give me a little bit more insight into what that song's about and what inspired you to write it? Um, it was about two years ago. Um, I was an exchange student in Taiwan, and uh, my friends and I, my friends called Haru. Haru and I feel both uh, both feel really bored about the city life, and uh, 
we feel sick of the busy people, noisy traffic songs, and so on. So one night, um, one late night, we just decide to leave the city and uh, to see what is happening in the nature. So he used used his um, motorbike to ride me to the seaside and the mountain and we feel really tranquil there mm. so i wrote wrote this song to remember that late night trip in terms of that culture exchange between china and, and taiwan I, I just wondered in terms of like is there an overlap between say like the music and culture or is it marketably um different the same way that if i you know being me would then go to say like france or, or mm. Germany, um, in terms of like, there's going to be similar in terms of the culture. It's going to be similar, but there are going to be markedly different aspects of that. And also, there's just certain elements of their particular pop culture or musical films that just aren't going to come over to the UK and vice versa. Well, I think between Taiwan and Mandarin, um, the music in Taiwan is more romantic. Right. I think their vibe are more romantic. And uh, they are more ha- ha- optimistic right. to the future, yeah. And uh, I think the Taiwanese music are influenced deeply by some Japanese music, yeah. But in China, um, I think people there are all kind of all kinds of music, and. Uh, the Chinese music might be influenced by the Western music more, mm. I think. And just sort of jumping into that, I mean, I have absolutely mm. no idea what the indie pop music scene is like in China. So I don't know if you could mm. give me a quick catch-up lesson on the biggest bands and stars are. And I just wonder, is guitar-based music super popular in Asia right now? Well, I don't think guitar-based music is super popular. Um in my opinion, guitar-based music might cause folk music, I think. Yeah, um, folk music used to be popular in Mandarin and Korea, I think. But nowadays, I think people are more into rock music because um, you could you could tell people about some strugglings or about... Yeah, just to cry out something through rock music. And also, I think people are more and more into um, house music and technos nowadays. In terms of that, in terms of like, what's the sort of like independent and DIY scene like in China? If you're not one of these huge, uh, I guess, Mm -hmm. like, because I guess another part of this is in terms of like idol culture as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. if you're not part of one of these huge sort of like manufactured, groomed um, entities, um, what's it like being an independent musician in China? And what's that scene? Um, There are two kinds of independent music in China. And... uh, um one one is independent independent writing and producing um but i think this kind of musicians they have company and their company also want to make them to be idols mm. they are just more independent idols and uh, um have and more talented in music i think 
Yeah, so this kind of musicians normally they could release their songs smoothly and uh, go to many tours mm-hmm. because their company would arrange everything for them. Yeah, but yeah, but their company will not write songs for them because they should also write songs for themselves and have their own bands to perform. And but um, there are also another kind of um, independent musicians in China, which is more DIY. And I think I'm this kind of musician. Um, basically, we do everything for ourselves, from the composition and pro- production things to um, the the say promotion things, and uh, um, we can we contact the places to perform by ourselves and uh, we find the factories to make physical mm. um, physical tabs or CDs by ourselves. Yeah, we just do everything for ourselves. And who would you say in terms of who do you look towards has been the most successful at doing that currently in terms of like band or, or singer or songwriter at the moment in China? I know there is one. I think is the most successful, but she was not in China. She's in Taiwan, right. and she, her name is Nine M Eight Eight. She's a more like a Jay Z independent musician. Yeah, I've heard of her actually. Yeah, 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 she is really famous in the whole Asian, yeah. and uh, she was starting in American. Right. So I think she might also be famous in American. Is there any sort of like friction or any? Do you feel any sort of like pressure to become, in terms of your image and your music, to become more Westernized to be more successful? I do not want to make. I, I do not want to become successful by making myself more Western. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean I could write English lyrics to let more. Uh, to let more people know what I'm talking about. But um, as for the style, I think I might just chase what I like. Yeah. I don't think I'm a super Asian songwriter. I don't know. Yeah, because the songs I like are basically um, 70s and uh, 80s. R&B and soul music in Japan and the Western country, in American, I think. In terms of like the Japanese ones, just starting with them, who were the sort of influences from there that you sort of gravi- gravitated towards? It's a band called Zard, Z-A-R-D. Yeah. Um, it's a rock band, but a, it's not that kind of hard rock band. It's a more soft kind rock band and... Um, they also combine some fusion and uh, some pop elements yeah. into their songs. And I also like a, another fusion band called T-Square. Yeah. It's also a Japanese band. Because I guess that speaks to how music is universal, even though it may be sung in a completely different like language and also what you were speaking before in terms of how frequencies can speak to people's um, yeah. hearts and their emotions. But also how that sort of gets changed for the prism of one's own, um, I guess, like identity, the culture they sort of like um, 
uh, were brought up in, and I guess you all pull out different elements uh, from that, I guess. Sometimes I might just really into the, the certain melodies or the sounds of some songs, then I might try, try to make similar ones or I might learn from that. I was sort of interested about the recording process for your first EP, but I now understand that it's not your first EP, but um, Strolling mm-hmm. on the Beach. And I just wondered what the theme of that record was and how did you produce it? And what was the biggest creative lesson you learned from that project? Firstly, uh, it was not my first EP because I I upload this firstly just because it's more like a first satisfying collections of myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of the first EP I made, it's about three years ago before I went to Taiwan. Um, I produce, I arrange and produce some songs and uh, mix and master them. So the step is, um, oh, there are, there are all songs, there are all the songs that I've wrote before. Yeah. So basically I just arrange them and uh, play instruments and uh, place part of instruments of them and the other part of instruments I wrote through MIDI keyboard into my laptop and uh, choose the the songs I want to make them become other instruments I want. Yeah, after that I do the mixing and mastering things Mm. and then I find a factory Oh, and then I found a girl to design the cover and poster for me. Yeah, after that, I found a factory to print the CD. And wow. uh, yeah, and I published this in China. And did you physically sell, like, I assume when you were gigging in China, did you go and sell your sort of CDs after the, after the gigs and stuff? Oh, yes, I, so, I sold the CD and now... It is sold out, but um, I did not have many gigs at that time. So basically, I just contact some bookshops and uh, some vinyl stores, record stores, and uh, send my CD to their shops and let them help me to sell. So yeah. how does that work? So when you contact a record shop and you say, will you take, I don't know, I'm assuming like 10 or 20 of your CDs, um, they sell them. And then in terms of like, how much money do you make from that? Do the record shop then turn up with like an envelope of, of money afterwards and say, well, we sold out your CDs, like here's the proceeds? The shops would take about 30% of profits from oh. that CD selling. And uh, I think I didn't make too many, too much money. Mm. I think it's around... 4,000 Chinese, uh, let me think, is about five, uh, 500 pounds, I guess. And did you, in terms of your CDs you pressed up, you had, I'm assuming you had your sort of socials and emails and stuff from the people that were buying it. Did you mm, yeah. sort of like contact after somebody who bought your CD and said, hey, like, I really like this and sort of like reached out to you afterwards? Oh, well, to be honest, I just leave my social media so that people could follow 
at yeah. that time. Yeah, but um, this year I released another EP with a friend called Brian. Um, so this time we not only leave our social mediums, but also mm. because <clears throat> I'm from um, this time, I also make a shelf in a bookshop for myself. Mm. And in that shelf, um, the, there are the first EP, the last one, last piece of my first EP, and also the new EP I made with my friend Brian. And also there is a mirror so that um, I write down my, uh, as you say, my emails so that people could find could contact me or write emails to me to say their feelings. And also they could um, take selfies Right. Um, through the mirror we put on the shelf and uh, they could up upload their photos right. on the social media and tag me say wow i say they saw my um cds in that shelf so that we could have interactions and i could know their feelings is that mm -hmm. something you predominantly use to connect with your um fans Yes, I think um, social media is really important for me to engage my fans. Basically, I use a platform called Weibo, and uh, that pl platform is more like Facebook and uh, Instagram in Western countries. Yeah, and uh, in Weibo, I um, I release my songs, and uh, uh, I will reply the comments of my fans, and. Uh, I also share some pictures of my lives to interact with them. And what's been the response like? Have you, in terms of like playing your gigs and selling your CDs and interacting with people on social media, have you got to know um, people that like your music, fans of your music quite well? There are some super fans. For example, there is a guy, um, he... Go to, he went to one of my gigs and he told me he listened to all my songs and purchased my CDs. And he also asked me to sign my name on his money. It was really crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, there are also some other fences. They would um, repost my every post, I think, which I think... They are also crazy. Um, I don't think now I engage my friends closely because um, I still have no idea which, what kind of fans I would like, to, which kind of audience I would like to turn them into my fans or which kind of people I would like to attract. Yeah, because um, I know I should have some fans seg segment segments mm -hmm. but um i don't know i just think maybe now uh my most of my fans are young and energetic people yeah but i think i should take more time to do researches about them and to find what personalities do they have and uh, what's the main points um attract them from my music because it is that sort of continual um process in terms of uh, building your audience but also a yeah. sort of artistic 
discovery of yourself because I guess obviously as you sort of progress and you make music you're inherently your tastes are going to change and your music will change and maybe you'll you know move into sort of different musical areas mm. um, I mean is there sort of a particular musical area that you'd say at the moment that you'd quite do you're sort of like drawn to but you haven't yet say made a song in that particular style or maybe you have but you haven't released it yet that's mm. a little bit different from what you're working on now well there are some songs I haven't released um, I think which are great progress of myself, yeah. But I still, um, if, if I have these songs two years ago, I might just release them as soon as I could. But now I think um, I would consider more about the timing and uh, the promotion thing. So I might not release them until I find the best time and uh, the best way to promote. Is there any mm. sort of like ballads? Do you have any sort of like sad songs sort of like um, <laughs> tucked up your sleeve? Um, as, you know, possibly at sort of a slower tempo. Maybe it's just sort of again, piano based sort of song rather than just sort of guitar. Is there anything like that in the in the sort of like um, tone or just you've sort of worked on and not released yet? Well, I don't like piano based songs, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, but there do have some sad songs of myself because I think um, we all have different kind of feelings. Sometimes you could be happy, sometimes you could be gloomy. Yeah, so I do have a emo and uh, it's more like emo and shoegaze songs. Right. Yeah, I haven't released. Just wanted to dive into of being uh, an international student studying at Goldsmiths, you know, coming um, to the UK. I mean, how long have you been here for studying? Four months. <laughs> then, wow, you've been here four months. And I guess well, it was a very short period of time. I mean, was there an element of um, culture shock when you first came to the UK or is there still some sort of things you're dealing with now, actually? Well, to be honest, the culture shock, I don't feel many culture shocks mm -hmm. but if i have to say i'd say the drunk people here is crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but besides that i think everything is similar to china i don't know i just um i i feel i could get used to everything soon and i know it's only been four months but have you made any sort of like big i guess like musical dis uh, discoveries of, of bands or artists here that have, you've sort of not come into contact with that sort of like, oh yeah, I really, I really like that. That's something uh, I'm really drawn to. The day before yesterday, I went to a gig and uh, there are three local bands I really like. Mm -hmm. um, one is called Plager Bart. Um, their style is more like a funky soul. Yeah. So I think, although they are not that famous but i think they are brilliant and i think they are really talented jumping off from that um mm. you did and i imagine you've only been here for like four months but you did from the christmas without you i did see that you went to an open mic night and i was just interested mm -hmm. to get your thoughts and feelings on that and how did you how did the crowd react to your performance oh well <clears throat> at that open night mind, I'd say I was really awkward because I um, catch, I caught a cold and uh, my vocal um, 
didn't turn out right, I think. But um, I think maybe it, my audience were influenced by the alcohol. I don't know. They just <laughs> they just yeah. turn, turned out to be really <laughs> warm and uh, they seem really like my songs, like mm. groove. Um, they move their body through the groove and uh, they some of them also told me they like my songs very much even i just hide myself in a little corner yeah, yeah after the sh- the scene yeah so i feel really appreciated is that mm-hmm. something you've done in china as well when you were back home studying you did you do like a lot of open mic nights as well along with the, like your gigs that you did oh well to be honest I don't think there are open mics in China. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, in China, I have um, I performed in different places, um, cafes, bookshops, and uh, some live houses. Um, I think. Oh, and streets. Yeah, I think um, performing in China is more like um the audience are more like the fans i already have because i would um post the messages post the information so that they could come and support me yeah but in uk the audience are totally strangers so it was really exciting to because i could know what strangers might um, react to my music when I first li- listened to it. So far, what's been the hardest part of being an independent musician in 2019? And, and have you hit any really sort of like low uh, creative points and how did you overcome them? The, I think there are two things that are difficult for me. Yeah. One is uh, instrument playing because uh, most of my instruments were made by MIDI keyboard, which I think is okay. But um, now I realize that some musics, uh, some instruments um, made by MIDI keyboard might not sound as good as you really play them. So I think this is a technique problem I need to overcome. And the best way is just to learn more about that instruments and try to play it by myself or find some other people to help me to play it. Yeah. And another problem for me is the promotion things because I don't have a company. I don't have a PR agent. So I, so I have to find some influencers to repost my music or Found some, um, let's say, found some stores to sell my own physical releases, or found some uh, places that I could perform. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you, um, sometimes you thought it might be easy because the people are on the internet you could find them easily but the problem is you are not friends um how how could you convince them to let you do the thing you want for the first time 
Yeah, so I think this is the problem. Maybe I should network, do some networking to know more people. And I just wondered in terms of you looking forward to your particular um, career and your particular sensibilities and sort of tastes, hmm. um, you can take you can take either road. You can be purely sort of independent and self self funded, hmm. or you go the other way where you get signed to a label. They A and R you, and then they put you you know they put you in a particular sort or try and get you into a particular place and sort of like sponsor you up. That inherently is going to affect the kind of music that you're going to make and i know this is a bit of an unfair question mm-hmm. but which way do you feel at the moment artistically speaking do you feel which direction do you feel more um comfortable with well i think i might choose to be a to be an independent yeah to do things by myself but um i think sometimes labels could be helpful yeah but if i have to sign a label i might just send for a a certain album not myself maybe um i released three albums in this year and one of them could be signed to a certain label and uh, yeah we could do things together but um other works of me or other parts of myself could still own by myself and i could do that by myself um, my final question for mm. you is that what is your dream project if money and time wasn't an issue? Well, actually, my dream project is to shoot um, more experimental and poetic music videos because um, I'm really into experimental films short films and i want my music videos to filled with imageries and uh, metaphors mm-hmm. yeah i i'd like it um, to be more more like a stream stream of consciousness right it, rather than um use big out everything and uh, leave no imagination I mean, is there any particular artists at the moment that are currently making short experimental films that you're sort of gravitated towards at the moment that sort of inspire you to go that particular direction? Well, I think Bjork is doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Bjork is the musician that's um, making the short experimental films as well. Yeah, but... Uh, there is also another filmmaker, although she's not a musician, but I was influenced by her. Um, her name is Maya Deren, right. an American experimental filmmaker. Um, I think all her black and white short films are full of emotions and uh, and weird um, imageries. <laughs> I think which is really fun and uh, you could always um you could always have different understandings through that works so there you have it i had a great time chatting with Corslin. please do like and subscribe to the show on soundcloud and youtube and drop a comment or two and you can get in touch with me at the salmoning01 on instagram thank you so much for listening i've been tom and i'll catch up with you next episode